Welcome to Have a Chat. I'm your host, Vaughan Hay. I also practice as a coach in mindset and hypnotherapy, where I help people regulate their stress and emotions to make better decisions and have a clearer outcome in where they want to go. I created this platform, Have a Chat, to get people on to share their story and give us a great insight in what life is all about and all the opportunities we have within our life. It's been a great success so far. I'm looking forward to the future and seeing what other guests and great stories and journeys I hear from my guests. Life is all about working towards our purpose and passion. And as a coach, that's what I focus on, helping people get a clearer path and a clearer vision in where they want to head. Welcome to another episode of Have a Chat. This week, I've got Paul Deneen, known also as Tweeter. Actually, let's start with that. How did you get the name Tweeter? Mate, uh, mate, thanks very much for having me. Um, no, mate, long-time you. listener, born. Uh, like I said before, a couple of crackers I've listened to. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will mention them names, a couple of Davey Hart and Davey Kennett, a big Cecil, the boys. Cecil, um, yeah. And I did listen to James Mortimer just recently as well, which I found quite good. So, uh, yeah, mate, a long-time listener, so I really uh, am enjoying the, the podcast. So thanks very no. much for that. Um, no, thanks for Twitter. Uh, mate, first year at the at the the great Manly Marlins, we went on a tour up to Nelson Bay, just a pre-season tour. Mm. And uh, we went out on the piss one night and um, we we had a really good time. And the party, you know, I enjoy party. I enjoy, you know, <laughs> I enjoy the on-field, but I also enjoy the off-field as well with the boys. And that's probably the reason why I play footy. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we brought... Um, Oh, well, the, the the group brought a couple of lasses back to the to the to camp, and for some reason, uh, the next day the coach thought it was all based around me, and and he thought it was uh, I was like that tweeter guy off the movie, um, that uh, oh what was it called again? Oh, oh shit. Anyway, I've got the bloody movie now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't even remember, too. Uh, it was an American movie with the college and I played gridiron and all that sort of jazz. Oh, not uh, oh, not ever given Sunday. No. Um... Oh, and the guy goes and um, steals a cop car and he's wearing, he's wearing a cowboy hat. Anyway, he's oh, got... Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he, thought, he thought it was a. It was. It was around that time, around yeah. when I sort of started two thousand and five, uh, and oh, you're like that that actor tweeter. I'm like, oh, I can't. It's just literally stuck since then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. well, that's not a bad name, hey? Everyone knows you as tweeter. I know some people are like, what's his actually real name? <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, James Hildenbrand, like Cecil. I'm Cecil. Like, yeah. Cecil. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah. Everyone's like, Cecil, yeah. Cecil. Yeah, that guy Cecil. Yeah, James. Yeah. No, Cecil, you know. But um, mm. yeah, nah, nicknames, some stick forever and you can never get rid of them. And the more you try, the probably less likely they'll... <laughs> they'll... <laughs> but exactly. um, you mentioned playing footy for the Marlins and all that too. That all mm. started around early 2000s, didn't it? It was late. It was mid-2000s. Mid-2000s. Um, early 2000s. Well, 1999, I was at Eastwood. And I won yep. a, a first grade grand final at Eastwood. Uh, mm. That was my first year out of school. Um, yep. So finishing up at the King School in 2018. Yeah. So 99 winning a first grade grand final against um, Sydney Uni. Wow. Um, yeah. They had the likes of, I was marking against uh, Chris Malone and Luke Inman. Yep. Uh, Ed Carter was playing fullback. Um, 
Yeah, mate, they had you know, Paul Deerloves and Dave Lyons, um, Phil Wars. Um, yeah, so they had a, a pretty red hot, uh, red hot team, and but um, we had a pretty, pretty red hot uh, Eastwood team that year, and yep. um, uh, we had, oh mate, we we had a very strong front row, and uh, I don't really like saying this, but you, you've got to have a good, a good front, a good a type five, and yep. uh, the piggies we had on that day: Rod Moore, Bill Young, Josh Cullen. Uh, Anthony Reid, Nathan Grice. Our back row was um, um, uh, Daniel Manu, Ooh, like the big yeah. number eight. We had Scott Farber as an absolute weapon. Wow. Um, yeah, we had Travis Travis Hall, halfback, uh, a guy that I played with uh, all my juniors. Um, very, very lucky to play with uh, at 5'8", Tim Donnelly. Yep. Uh, Al McDonald, ex-leaguey, uh, came over from the Tigers. And just had this massive fend. Yep. <laughs> These days, he would just be getting sent off all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, <the> rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had Bari uh, on the wing, um, and we had the bro- and the Miller brothers. Actually, you know, there was three Miller brothers. There was Matt, Pete, and Bobby. Who'd you and uh, we had Pete at fullback and, and Matt on the wing. Uh, yeah, the, nice. Matt being the oldest, um, absolute absolute freak. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You sort of so, played rugby we, at the peak of the, you know, like during the peak of um, Australian <laughs> rugby and the quality of playing at, you know, the elite level of the Wallabies, but also the up and comings, you know, you still had that talented pool. They're still very talented now, but I remember that era of rugby was quite dominant for Australia. Yeah, mate, we, mate, we were lucky. Like that, well, that was a year that we won the Rugby World Cup yep. as well. Yeah, it was too. Um, yeah. So the, we had a couple of boys that after that grand final that head over to the World Cup after. So um, Rod Moore and Scott Staniforth head oh, over. I love Staniforth. After the, after, yeah, mate, biggest quads ever. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> remarkable. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, you know, we, and then, we re, and then yeah, four years after, we had the, the World Cup here in Australia yep. in 2003. Um, mate, I've been really lucky World Cups, actually. Mm-hmm. I went to every World Cup um, to date, actually. Um, really? Yeah, I've been Did you get to, to the Japan one, re- the most recent one? Mm. Wow, that's very lucky. Yeah, went to England, went to New Zealand, went Done to France. All. When um, did rugby start coming a passion of yours? Like, I know you were pretty, you had a lot of success growing up at through mm. school level, going to King's, mm. GPS school, quite a, you know, um, a school which is held rugby as a high, as a high level and um, mm. quite a, prestige you know opportunity to play in that and then playing schoolboy rugby when did that all come about for you mate um oh yeah so my i grew up in sydney yeah um the hills district the hills district yeah yeah borkham hills yeah um dad was from victoria his father also victorian as well but we were very much a afl background so my grandfather played for south melbourne Oh. Around World War Two, and his brother did Sid, and they they now are Sydney Swans, South yep. Melbourne. My father played uh, a lot of AFL growing up and played Victorian schools, and then he took a job up in Sydney um, prior to I was born. I've got a younger sister who's two years younger, yep. so we my yeah my mum and my dad arrived into into Sydney sort of just before I arrived, and then yeah so Sydney. It, 
New South Wales at that time wasn't really a, you know, early sort of 80s. Um, it wasn't really, AFL wasn't huge. No. no. Um, so my old man's best mate um, had a, I was four and he's, and one of, yeah, so my best, my dad's old, my best mate, my dad had a son who was five and he was playing rugby. So we just went and watched. Um, they were short. Yep. And they asked my dad if I could play. And, um, mate, I, I played with a pair of sneakers and, and crossed the try line a couple of times. And, um, I had no idea what I was doing, but just got pointed in the right direction and just ran. And, uh, yeah, got across the try line a couple of times and uh, they asked me back for the rest of the season. So I played sort of upper grade yep. um, that year. And then when I turned five, I went back and played, I guess, my own age group uh, at the same club at, at Beecroft. Um, and then that led into, um, we were in the Eastwood sort of junior area and we, I was very fortunate to, to join uh, Eastwood under 10s rep team. And we had a, a, a running streak for six years where we won state championships from under 10s to under 16s. Wow. That's a pretty yeah. good, yeah. That's yeah. A, and you're, so you're playing that whilst at school as well at King? Yeah. So I was, I was never at, I was, I went to my local Catholic school yep. uh, in, in Borkham Hills, St. Michael's, and then went to the local uh, Catholic college school in Castle Hill called Oak Hill. And it was a big rugby school. Oh, rugby or rugby, uh, rugby union? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. yeah, we were very, very big in both. Yeah. Um, it was a brother sort of led De La Salle College um, in both league and union. And, yeah, mate, I, I, yeah, I was – it was all about footy, all about sport, all about footy. And um, I remember in year six, you know, I wasn't uh, – I was I had a lot of energy and a lot of – you know, my teacher, if I was going to be naughty in class, she would just tell me to run around the school and I'd just go and do laps around the school and come back, you burn know. Yeah. Burn some energy, come back, try and learn something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I got through school with nothing nothing crazy. Um, but at the end of year 10, um, I was approached by the King's School, uh, by the Director of Sport, and uh, and asked if I, if I would go on a scholarship and... Um, yeah, I was I was very lucky to to be awarded that at, at the King School. Um, one of the best things I probably did in my life and my career, too, if I look back, uh, was to go to the King School. Uh, not saying that the Oak Hill College wasn't great. I've got some fantastic friends there, but yeah, the King School really set me set me in the right stead. At the time, were you excited to go there, or were you unsure? Being a ten-year-old boy, like being in your ten, as you know, yeah. it's sort of like you got your friends at one school. You go into a school where the unknown, you don't know who's there really, maybe. I don't know mm. if you did, but then you had the opportunity yeah. to play footy, which you sort of was, you know, mm. wanting to do as well. Yeah, I had um, – I was very unsure, um, but I still knew that I had a couple of guys that I grew up with uh, that were at King's. So oh, that was nice. the prep school and the high school, and it was guys like um, Greg Mum, Andrew Hurst, uh, yeah. Lockie Feggins, um, ben Cochran, Gareth Jones, uh, Andrew Hudson, these guys were, were at the school that, um, that I knew that were there and, and were coming across or starting at the same time as me and yep. such a dominant, uh, I was very lucky in that under 10s, under 16s, I grew up playing with such a dominant 5'8 in Tim Donnelly yep. um, and I think my biggest concern when I got there at the school was who was playing 5'8. Yeah. That was literally my only concern when I walked through the gates. I was 
I I was happy to go and I knew I knew people there, you know, really close with, you know, with, my, with a, a good group of guys at, at the King's School now. Um, but the first thing I, I was doing was who's playing 10? I'll play 12, I'll play 13, I don't care, but who's my 10? <laughs> and if there's not a 10, I'll play 10 <laughs> sort of thing. And uh, they pointed to this tall, skinny, lanky rower. He was in the uh, first eight. Yep. And his name was Julian Huxley. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Does he play rugby? Yeah. yeah, no, he plays rugby. He goes all right. Oh, okay, right, yeah, mate. What? Does he go all right? And I've been a future Wallaby. Yeah. Oh, no. So we we hadn't won a we hadn't won a competition, like a GPS competition at the King School for 70 years, and uh, we end up winning three years in a row. I end up. Um, because I was young for my grade, I ended up doing my HSA over two years for the pathways. So doing the year 11 and then the school came to me and said, oh, would you be keen to do your year, year 12 over two years? Yep. Um, it didn't take me long to answer that question. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yep, thank said, you. So, wow. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So you still yeah. turned up then for year 10 or end of year 10 and was there for yeah. And had three. Yeah, so I did year year eleven, year twelve, but then year twelve split up over two. Yeah, two years. And we had three three years of premierships. Wow. Yeah, 90, 96, 97, 98. Wow, what an experience for you, hey? Oh, amazing. Yeah, from there I was able to um, yeah represent my country as well. So I made Aussie schools. Yep. Um, you know, playing Aussie schools with the likes of George Smith, Sean Maloney, John Payne, James Lekepers. David Lyons, Julian yep. Huxley's, um, you know, Phil Wars, um, some phenomenal players, and I guess in my age group growing up, yeah. yeah but, uh, what was the highlight yeah. or the most the over that period of time from you know transitioning to Kings and then playing you know three years there and then finishing up going to Eastwood, winning a premiership the first year there. Mm. During that time, what was probably the most significant or the, the most highlighted moment for you? Mate, we, well, both Tim Donnelly and myself, um, we, we always knew we were going to play at Eastwood. And um, after school, I was always going to go to Eastwood. And um, I was walking up to the top fields at Eastwood, you know, where the car parks were. Yep. That's where the Colts trained. And then down the bottom of the main field was when Gray trained. Yep. And uh, we rocked up to, to preseason and they go, hey, you you two, whoa, you're down here. And we, both Timmy and I just looked at each other and went, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. But the boys are up here. We want to stay up here, but they want us down there. What do we do? And they're like, oh, we'll just go down. And we trained with first grade, second grade. Um, we played trials in second grade. And then the first... Uh, then the last trial before the season started, they put us in first grade, and uh, we yeah we end up playing the season ten twelve uh, for wow. that year. Wow, Australia, Amazing. that's a big achievement from you know leaving school. If people aren't aware, you're leaving school and you're going to play with big men like grown up men. Mm. From, you know, age group of I think it was back then twenty and opens wasn't it above was it because yeah. Colts was yeah. under twenties and younger yeah. And then, yeah. You, yeah, so you're playing with all age groups, you know, and in, in that top elite level, which is mm. sort of the stepping stone mm. for, you know, super mm. rugby, which was, you know, super rugby at the time. Quite a, yeah, fulfilling moment for you and Tim at that stage. Of, yeah, you know, oh, it was amazing. We we were played schoolboys together as well. Then we won a grand final. First year out of school, we represented Australia in 19s 
Aussie 19s that year. Um, and then we both went on to earning um, contracts at Waratahs. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. So we did two years of Waratahs. Uh, we got contracts uh, with the – we played a bit of Aussie Sevens at that time as well. So got on the Servant circuit. Um, mate, you know, that circuit is just unbelievable. Uruguay, Argentina, um, South Africa, Dubai, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Australia. It's just – it's a phenomenal, phenomenal circuit to get on. Um, so, yeah, mate – Really, really exciting times. What sort of what did rugby teach you for you, or what benefits did it help you now later in life playing, you know, at that elite level mm. in that environment and having those experiences? What's it sort of given you? Um, teamwork is a big thing. Yep. Um, working as a team. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no I in team. You've got to be as an, you know, being an individual is very, very tough out in the real world. Yeah. Um, so being, you know, even working. Um, Working, working within an environment where you all respect each other and you have yeah. a common goal is a big one. Common goal, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, mm. and I think that's the benefit of a team sport, especially even like rugby as well. I think it's no other sport like rugby where the physical contact and the the ability to work with one another and support one another in all circumstances is so crucial, and to sort of protect each other as well. Like a key thing you said earlier on, it was that you wanted to make sure you had the right 5'8", or the 5'8", you, you knew the importance of that, that person mm. or that position for yourself mm. and for the outside backs and for the rest of the team as well. So I think, yeah, having that camaraderie and that connection and working mm. together is, yeah, and, and there's lessons you sort of can't learn anywhere else within life. Yeah, like, but rugby also, um, it, it's all shapes and sizes. You know, you've got your, your Ruben Bills, your, your, Dave, your Dave Hartz. Yeah. And then I remember being down at rugby training and remember uh, Scalzi? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, mate, he was on a, a Kiwi. He was like, he was built like this. Yeah. And he was on a skateboard. Yeah. And he rolled past the oval uh, down to Manly there. And he's like, oh, a bit of rugby. And he just cruised over with his skateboard and ended up being one of the best wingers we ever had. Yeah. Exactly. He, was, what, trip, he was about 60 kilos dripping wet. Yeah. Yeah. That was after. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was, no, it was nothing to him. And yeah, he was able to do it. But, and, and going back to Manly days too, the people who come from all over around the world to play, you know what I mean? And the, mm, the connections mm. and the, the contacts you build from that as well. It's just an amazing, yeah. amazing thing to have and to be a part of at the time, you know? Um, and then yeah. later on, like us, we both, came together down at Manly or we, we were yeah. introduced to one another and we're still in contact and, you know, and, you know, we might not see each other all the time, but we also have those memories and stories and those things we've yeah. achieved stuff on the way and experienced a lot of stuff, good things on the way. And yeah, yeah. on and off the field, because I think it's important to have that balance, you know, within, um, yeah. within your life, to have the balance of train hard, compete hard, but also enjoy it as well. Yeah, we used to have a lot of fun off the field at Manly. We sure did. We sure did. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not for conversations on this chat. No, anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, yeah, so, it's, it's so now learning a lot of those attributes, you know, through your rugby career and your sporting career, um, what have you sort of now taken it on in your family or career? Let's go with career at the moment. So if you want to give the listeners a bit of insight in what you do and sort of how you came about the, the role and what you've created within yourself. Yeah, so I work in the, the medical uh, medical healthcare sector. Yep. Um, so I've worked in both pharmaceuticals and medical devices. Yep. 
So I guess uh, the industry that I work in is I supply medical devices to the healthcare sector, both aged care, community and hospital um, across, uh, diff- I guess, different facets of, of pathologies or etiologies. Um, predominantly, I focus on um, vascular, advanced wound care and, and orthopedics. Mm. Um, so we will supply both, not just the products, but also education to the end user. And the end user can be uh, nurse staff, nursing staff, um, hospital staff like CEOs or procurement managers, but also you know surgeons as well. Mm. And do you feel that did that was that something you always sort of wanted to do, or you sort of found yourself just heading in that direction, or an opportunity came about for you? Um, I, when I played rugby, I did a bachelor of physical education. Yep. So, um, yeah, always. You know, I guess health has always been a priority to me. Yeah. A big one for me is healthy body, healthy mind. Um, When I lose that healthy body, I really, you know, you lose the mindset straight away. Yep. So I always try and keep them a a, a nice, even kill. Mm. Um, And, yeah, so after footy, finding finding what you want to do after footy and a career in footy, it's tough. Um, I got, I got it when I first arrived at Manly. I started at Coca Cola, and that was just through a, a, a friend of a friend sort of thing. And but what they taught me to do was was to sell, really, and how to run a how to run a geographical patch. Um, you know, how to run budgets, um, how to, you know, I guess, convert a, a, a relationship into a long term relationship. Mm. And I did that for a couple of years, but after a while, I thought probably best I, I did follow my my um, my degree in, yep. in healthcare, and went to pharmaceuticals um, from there, and and it's just a natural lead into that sort of that medical device space. Mm. So, and do yeah. you find now working in it and with the current environment what we've experienced over the last two years? What are some of the challenges you sort of had to face, but you're sort of being able to adapt and move through those challenges as well? Yeah. So as you can see, I'm wearing a mask. So um, I'm adapting to, to, to life and we're doing virtual calls. We're not doing face-to-face. Yep. Back in the day, mate, I, even if I lived in Newcastle and we had this plan, I would have probably um, set, up a, set up meetings yesterday in Manly, yep. stayed in Manly last night uh, and then come and do the face-to-face with you. It's just... Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of my role. It's, it's, it's a national role and uh, I can cover each state. But, yeah, the big thing now is, is the travel. You can't just jump on a flight now and, and, uh, and obtain business in Brisbane or down Canberra, um, you know, ever in Perth. It's, it's really hard these days just to do that face-to-face relationship thing, especially with conferences. Conferences are a really good place to, to get people out of their, their natural working environment. And get them in a relaxed environment where they're at a conference, they have a beers at night time, they have dinners, you know, they come around to your trade display, you have a look at some different products, and you get leads, you get ongoing leads, you know, for the future. And they're just not happening anymore. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that need to be adapted. Um, relationships uh, have really come to the forefront in this time. Yep. You, know, you know, just jumping on text messages or phone calls and just seeing, just seeing how they are going mentally, physically, how's their family. Even if you don't have a, a, a chat about anything, you just find out that then. Yeah. It's been, it's been a big thing. Yeah. Just being compassionate. 
Yeah, compassionate. And also for yourself, how do you create a bit of life balance for yourself, like with family, with work, with, you know, you mentioned you love being physical and having a healthy, Mm. being physical with a healthy mindset. So how do you create that balance within you? To Yeah, so um, I've always, I probably, probably focus more on health and fitness now than I did at footy because footy, you're just always training, you're always playing, you're always keeping fit. Yeah. Now you need to actively and physically make that mindset to do it. Yes. Um, so I always put time in my own diary um, to do some exercise, even though it's in the mornings or at lunchtime or in the evenings. Um, with the kids, the the morning and the evenings are the hardest times. Yeah. So in the morning, I will let my partner Carly sleep in and get her time to rest until about 8 o'clock. Um, depending on how my day is, I'll jump in the shower and then shoot off. Mm. I try and get home for witching hour, which is um, five o'clock, and you'll get to know all this one day morning. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's hundred percent witching hour. So from five o'clock to about seven o'clock, you have um, you know dinner time, uh, bath time. You know you're reading books, you you put into bed, and it's it's hectic. It's hectic. Yeah. So I, I definitely try and be around for that as much as I can. Um, Carly works on weekends, and so I have a lot of, t- a lot of time with the boys uh, on weekends, which is great. Yeah. Um, so for the but- listeners who aren't aware, uh, Paul, two, two and a half years ago, um, had two, two young boys, twins. Mm. Uh, so I could imagine it would be, a, you know, a handful in itself just having one, but mm. having two. With that time, when that all came about, what life-changing things did you have to adapt to or change within yourself? Because being a you know a man, you know an individual man, worrying about yourself and your partner, mm. but you only have to sort of be you know re- you don't have to be uh, have rely on independent little children and all that too. What yeah. changes did you have to adapt? Because you love to do a lot of your activities and you're doing some tries. You're doing yeah, you're staying fit 100%. and active. So what what did you have to do to to help? maintain or adapt to those changes yeah so um mate i moved up to newcastle five years ago yep um so 2016 uh like you said 2018 i i represented just age group age group stuff um for triathlons in the sprint series yep uh so i represented that sort of stuff and really enjoyed that whole age group environment traveling around the state going to canberra huskinson going up to mooses you know doing all these triathlons to represent the country it's it was just brilliant really really loved it i only did the short distance 750 swim 20k bike and a 5k run it's short and sharp over an hour um my body's been banged up a little bit so it's um hard to do you know your half Ironmans or your Ironmans um, yep. my body just wouldn't cope um, but um, yeah with the boys arriving in 2019 um, mate I it's a big it's a big big uh, shift yep. big big shift in change especially with sleep mm. um, you know really struggling with that, that overnight um, feeds and just sleep and just trying to get a routine um, then COVID hits and, you know, it, it's been a pretty full-on two and a half years. One thing that's kept me going is I adapted my training and I picked up a an Anytime Fitness, um, basically, membership. You've got gyms all over the country, all over the state. And I would 
pretty much do a, a 35 to 40 minute session anytime during the day, typically around that lunch period yep. and just get in, get out and just keep the mindset. Hmm. And you mentioned routine. How important is that? Just not with like with having kids, but without having kids as well. How important is routine? Oh, mate, 100%. I, I know when I, even with just, even with work, if I if I go up to Townworth for work, I know exactly what hotel I'm going to stay at. I know what restaurant I'm going to eat at. I know what gym I'm going to go to, um, you know, because routine is so important because it, it's time, it's tried, it's tested. Yeah. I fly into Melbourne. I know the hotel. I know the restaurants. You know, I just you don't come back sick. You don't come back tired. You know, uh, routine is, is is absolutely very important um, for me. I, I try and get in bed ten o'clock at night, up at six. Yep. I try and train at midday and just try and get that routine as much as possible. The boys, um, the boys have thrown a massive spanner into that big time. Yep. Um, but what they bring is patience, a lot of patience. I'm just going to ask you, as a, as a father now, what does what has it taught you having the two boys? Like what are some of the things you've sort of had to learn? On- um, patience, but also um, adult time. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. you don't get a lot of adult time. And it's something that you need to, you need to put that aside and you need to you swallow your pride a bit and say, you know what, it is what it is. You, you'll get that back down the track. Um, but you know, both my partner and I are, are very ambitious and very goal driven. So, when uh, she was pregnant, we bought a we bought a block of land with a house on it. We knocked it down. We're rebuilding the house. We're about to move into it. Um, yeah, we're just never stopping. She owns her own business. She's got fifteen staff. She's um, we're busy, busy. So wow. So managing yeah. that between you both, <clears throat> you're both running your own businesses, running you know yeah. family home getting a new home, building a new home. It's, uh, it's a lot to go on. And if you, if the listeners are thinking, they'll be like, this is way too much or it's overwhelming. Like you guys must have some great systems or some form of communication to be allowing this to happen, to be able to function, you know, in. in yeah. Communication is a massive one, but also breaking it down into small bits. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there is an end goal, but all little bits that are achievable. Yep. And then celebrating those along the way. I love that. Yeah. So having, mm. yeah, having little, little uh, intentions and action settings and sort mm. of uh, rewarding yourself. Cause I think you can get lost in the big picture of it as well. If you don't reward yourself yeah. on the way, if I think, 100%, that's, yeah. I think that's a great strategy you guys have probably implemented. It mm. sounds like it might be very beneficial for, mm. for you both. Um, yeah. So, you know, having that now moving forward, what's, what's next for, for yourself, you know, career wise, yeah. you know, what are you yeah. So career-wise now at the moment is with the with COVID um, and the health industry, it, it's very hard to move around. Yeah. It's, you can do business abroad like in, in different countries or different states, but it's just in our game, it's, it's very much a relationship game. So I'm, I'm trying to bring business a lot closer. So, mm-hmm. you know, really keeping it around that sort of Central Coast, Newcastle, up to the sort of Dubbo's, Tamworth, Armadale's where the bigger centres are. Yep. Um, so really bringing that business closer now. And, mate, to be honest, I want to see my boys grow up. Yep. You know, it's like you said, mate, it, it's, they're two and a half and that's just goes like that. Okay, so, so I want to see them. Oh, oh, yeah, I want to, get, I want to be there for, for kindergarten, you know, yep. day one. 
I want to be there for day one of rugby training, you know, because yep. they're going to play rugby. Yeah, I was going to say, do they have a choice? Yeah. Or they're fine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the moment, I think Bailey will be a nine. He's just, he's a, he's a little prick, to be honest. He's, yeah, he's the, he's the one a, that causes he's, trouble. He's a handful. Yeah. And I think Byron's a little bit bigger. Uh, he'll be, a, he might be an eight or a, th- or a 13. <laughs> Oh, eight or get, thirteen. Get him in the forward pack. He needs a. Needs yeah, a, uh, yeah. He might turn out like Cam Murphy. <laughs> we don't want that. Actually, we don't want that. No, let's keep him in the back line there. No, it's safer, safer to stay away from Cam Murphy. But, uh, a shout out to yeah. Cam up there too. He's a he's a uh, the great man these days as well, isn't he? In Newcastle, yeah, he's come up, mate. We've got a nice little crew up here, and uh, we've got the Tippo brothers. We've got uh, Marcus and Paul. Yep. Uh, up here now, we've got Bryn, uh, we've got Cam Murphy, uh, mate, we've got, yeah, we've got and Boilo's Barrett, not so. far away too, he's a bit Yeah, Bo- Boilo's around, um, Cam Murphy, we've got Anthony Barrett and Paul Danwood, they're up here already. Yeah. Um, so, mate, we've got a, a nice little crew that's um, up this way, sort of like a manly sort of a Newcastle flavour. How was the move originally, like deciding to move from the Northern Beaches? Um, mm. I know you originally were brought up in the Hills District, but then living in the Northern Beaches and, like, and then moving up to Newcastle. What, how has that worked out and sort of that initial stage of do, moving yeah. up there? So in hindsight, best thing ever. Yep. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to find Carly and, and I've got the two boys now and, you know, property prices and just living is a lot more cheaper. Yep. Um, we haven't been affected too much by by COVID um, um, in our sort of day to days, um, but um, yeah, mate, it, it's I've always loved Newcastle. Yep. When I grew up and coming here for footy, and also just coming up here for work, there's something about Newcastle and and, and having Paul Dan up here and Anthony Barrett was 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 very was was great. Um, yep. In two months' time, I'm going to be uh, on part of Anthony Barrett's uh, wedding. He's going to be married uh, for the second time to a beautiful young lady called Mia, and I'm part of a bridal party. So nice. we're looking forward to that. Yeah. So, mate, it's um, those two boys have been fantastic for me with the move uh, yeah. up here, and I've been able to to to, to, mo- to find my own friends and my own group of friends as well, but also have those guys and and just I've attached myself to. A couple of rugby clubs up here. Yep. Uh, Paul Dam is at the Hawks, uh, and Barrett Anthony Barrett's at the um, at the Wanderers. And I really love those those clubs. I yep. spent a lot of time at the Wanderers, um, and there's just a fantastic feel around there. So, yeah, it's great. Would you? Would you? I know you gave coaching a little bit of go in rugby. Would you give it another stint later on in life? Yeah, with my boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with the boys, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Any um, any long term goals or things you've got in mind that you'd like to achieve for yourself? Mate, I think I'm probably um, it's hard now because you know, Carly. I've also got a ten year old stepdaughter, so there's like there's there's three there's three kids now, and there's Carly and I. So there's a big family going on. So you know, a lot of my goals are sort of put to the side. Um, a big one now is is just like I said, healthy body, healthy mind. Just keeping on the on the on the straight there, yep. and just watching the boys the boys grow up to to be. Geez, I I, I don't know what they're going to be when they grow up, but they they've got beautiful little personalities, and yep. they're they're starting to talk now, and um, you know they're in they're, they're going to start daycare soon, so that's just going to bring another element of 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 friendships and and just laughter. So yeah. 
but it's yeah, just loving the whole fatherhood. And yeah, I'm a, a you know, I'm 41, and you know, I, I had kids a bit later in life, and but I think it, it's fun, it's really fun. Going on to the twins, just to finish off on that, do with the two different personalities, do you notice a difference in the two kids and their personality? Yeah, traits as well? <clears throat> so they're not, they're not identical twins, they're fraternal twins. Yep, um, so they've got different looks and they've got different personalities. But mate, in the last two and a half years, they haven't spent uh, less than you know two minutes without oh. each other. They're, they're always together. So they're always bouncing off each other and they're always looking out for each other. Yep. But yeah, um, Bailey is, um, he's, he's very fierce and he, he's very protective. He's, he's two words at the moment is swap oh. and, and mine. That's, that's whatever, whatever Byron's got, he wants. Yep. So we've got, we've got two Bs. We've got Byron and Bailey. Uh, Byron came first and two minutes later was Bailey. Yep. Bailey's a little bit smaller. He looks – I reckon he'll be in the nine. Yep. Byron is, is, the, is the first kid. He's a bit more compassionate. He's a lot more loving. Um, funny enough, I was, at a, um, I was at like an indoor play area the other day and there was a group of older girls there. Yep. And they were sitting around in a little group. And I was sort of just mucking around. I was having a chat to someone and trying to find Bailey – and then I was like, oh, shit, better find Byron. And Byron, I was like, where is he? And I'm looking around, he was literally in the middle of the girls. And all these girls are like pouring all over him and touching him. I'm like, oh. oh so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, righto. <laughs> uh, where did he learn that from? <laughs> mum. Oh, mum. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, love it. Yeah, he's got this blonde, he's got this blonde surfy hair going on, but he's, um, he's a beautiful little, beautiful little yeah. soul. Oh, he's a, they're cute little boys. I've seen a few photos of them. But mm. mate, it's great that you're able to enjoy now fatherhood and experiencing, you know, mm. the ups and downs and challenges. I know life's not easy sometimes and having, yeah. you know, and then twins and everything else and then with COVID, mm. both yourself and your partner running mm. businesses and doing that. But I applaud you on, you know, sticking at it, giving it a good crack and, you know, mm. overcoming a lot of these challenges. And I think, you know, what you've achieved early in life and now what you were doing, it's all complementing each other and you're doing a great job. Yeah, mate. I um, also wanted to, um, on the same note, just compliment yourself. Mate, um, you've, you've changed path. You know, you could have been on the tools still to this day. But you've changed path, mate, and you do, you're giving it a good crack, mate. And and what I'm what I'm seeing and hearing at the moment is is fantastic. So, mate, keep at it. Um, I think you've you've chosen the right path, and mate, it's exciting to see where you, where it all goes for you. Oh, mate, appreciate the, uh, that. Uh, thanks again, and uh, mate, I love. I just love being able to help people or hear people and see if I can help in any way. And if at any stage yourself or any of the listeners need anything, just reach out to me. I'm more than happy to have a phone conversation at any stage. So mm. uh, don't be afraid to, to give me a buzz or flick me a text mm. or whatever you need. So uh, thanks again. Last of all, two questions I'd love to ask all my guests. Oh, yes. What gives you purpose? Uh, well, yeah, family. Yeah. Family, uh, down the boys. Uh, the ruby but also yeah healthy body healthy mind yeah keep me going uh, yeah so the health the, the fitness side of it is what i enjoy yeah. well it's all something you've been doing forever and you know it, it works so no, i couldn't agree more so yeah mm. i think that's a great purpose to have family and uh, healthy mind healthy body so mm. um last of all favorite destination you'd like to go to and you've been to so been to is turkey 
Um, Turkey, I was playing in the UK and in the off-season I went on a backpacking trip and I started in Portugal and I was on a one of those bus about trips, two days on, two days off. So Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, and then it was meant to end in the Greek islands. But while I was heading this way and the bus was going this way, I'd run into people and these people were talking to me about Turkey. And I was like, what the fuck is Turkey? Uh, I didn't, I hadn't really, it wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. I got to the Greek islands and uh, a lot more people talking about Turkey and uh, mate, I was at the Greek islands and I, I jumped on a boat and, you know, and I ended up in, in Fedia. And uh, the beauty about uh, Turkey is that it's, if, if you haven't been there, it's such a, it's such a different place because it's, you know, if you go to the Greek islands, every island's the same pretty much. Yep. But if you go to Turkey, um, you can go to Fedia, which is the main port, and it's like your big party city. And then you go north and you head towards Istanbul, which is the main town. Um, and you've got an old city, you've got like, this new part of the city. Uh, but along the way, you can go to Troy. You know, you find out about the story of Troy and then you can go to Gallipoli and you can find out about all the Anzacs. Um, you can go into Cappadocia and basically they live in the side of the mountains, wow. you know, in, in caves. Um, you go down to Olympos, down south, and they live in tree houses. Like, it's just a beautiful country, beautiful place to, to travel to. And, you know, I think when the borders open up again, it's something to think about. Yep. Uh, a lot of variety and contrast. Yeah, in contrast absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. My biggest, my biggest, uh, and I, I lived in Japan, um, but... Uh, it's probably one of the places that I, w- I really want to take my, my kids to, back to yeah. is Japan. Japan, uh, just purely for um, food, uh, culture, uh, lifestyle, uh, efficiency, and also the safety. It's just, it's just, you know, I was lucky in 2019 just to quickly pop over for five days and watch the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Um, but it's just, a, it's just a beautiful place and it's uh, really, I really look forward to taking my kids there one day. Wow, you'll have to. Yeah, I haven't been to Japan. I wanted to. I would actually want to do a snow, a bit of skiing over there too, snowboarding. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah wow. Mm-hmm. We'll have to. That can be on my to-do list once we can get back mm. over there. Yeah, yeah. But thanks again for coming on for a chat. Um, really no enjoy problem. it. Um, all right. Thanks, Paul. See you, mate. Have a good one.